Hello and welcome to the Faith and Family Matters podcast, where we talk about issues that strengthen our faith and build stronger family connections. Please join us for today's podcast with our host, William Hemphill II, Pastoral Counselor. Hello, everybody. This is William Hempfield, pastoral counselor, and I wanted to take a few minutes today to talk about something that's going on with us. The title of this talk is Why Do We Mourn Our Celebrities? Rest in Heaven, Kobe Bryant. Why do we mourn our celebrities? First of all, I do want to say rest in heaven to Kobe Bryant. Gianna Bryant, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Christina Mazur, I think it's Era Zorbion, Sarah, Sarah Chester, and Peyton Chester. I know many of you have touched lives in many remarkable ways, and you will be missed, especially by your families and those that love you dearly. And so I do ask the audience and anybody who's listening to this to please pray for those families who are dealing with the shock and this grief. However, it's not just them dealing with shock and grief. It's a lot of us out here who are dealing with shock and grief. And you might say, first of all, we are people that, although we've seen Kobe on TV, we don't necessarily know. Kobe. We don't know him like his family knows him. We don't know him like the Lakers organization knows him. We don't know him like the players know him and all so many other people. We don't know him. Why are we grieving so much then? Well, I want to give you a few thoughts to think about why we may grieve our celebrities so much. The first thing is simply they bring pleasure to us. Uh, as a Laker fan, you see I'm wearing my purple and gold. If you're watching on video, my purple. I enjoyed watching Kobe. In my case, I enjoyed watching him grow up from this young man who entered into the league all the way through his last game where he scored 60-plus points. Being a Laker fan, I enjoyed the championships. I enjoyed the game in Indiana when Shaq fouled out and he went through. I enjoyed the 81 points. We enjoyed those many things. When we connect with celebrities, they bring us pleasure. You know, your favorite movie stars, your favorite music artists, you enjoy hearing their songs. We enjoy watching their art and it brings us pleasure. So we get a sense of identification because of that. Two, I would say, our favorite celebrities help us to connect with key life points. I don't know how many of us have a favorite song that we listen to, but when we listen to it, we go to a certain place. Maybe we hear a song and we go back to our first kiss with somebody, or the first time we made love with somebody, 
or maybe we see a certain event or see a certain movie and it brings back fond memories of different things. I know there's a certain movie that I watch that helps me to remember some of the dates I had with my wife, so on and so forth. So we enjoy the art of our celebrities, but also they have, in a sense, helped to shape our lives. Number three, I would say, is this. Our celebrities help to provide a way of escape. A way of escape. I don't know about you. I am a big Laker fan. But one of the things that watching the Lakers does for me is find a way of relaxation and enjoyment. They give me a time of escape from the workload of the day, from counseling tons of people, from doing ministry work, from taking care of the business of life. And so sometimes when I get home and I watch a Lakers game, I just sit there, grab me something to eat, and I'm enjoying it. And in my case, being a Laker fan, Kobe provided a lot of those moments. And so our celebrities provide us ways of escape, whether it's sitting down, listening to our favorite music, turning on our movies, going to the movies. They provide a way of escape and a moment of relaxation from the business of life. And number four, why we do mourn our celebrities is we identify and live through them. We identify and live through them. I did play basketball in high school. I was okay. Sat on the bench. I didn't make a lot of records. I didn't do anything like that. I was an okay basketball player. But when I watched Kobe in my case, I could see myself doing a crossover dribble and a fadeaway shot. I could see myself driving to the lane and hanging in the air and doing a double pump, whatever. I can see myself penetrating into the lane and then just dishing a pass to one side or the other. So watching him allows me to identify with him on some level. When we hear our favorite musicians singing or playing or doing different things, there's a level of identification and respect for that talent. So because of these things, the fact that our celebrities bring pleasure to us, the fact that they connect, we connect with them in key life moments, the fact that they provide ways for us to escape, and the fact that we identify and live through them, we mourn them when they pass. And so, as someone said earlier on one of the broadcasts I was listening to, we identify with their art. And their art brings so much to us. So that brings me to a couple questions that I've seen on the boards and people have been asking and that I'd like to address even concerning this with our celebrities. The first question is this. Why did God allow this? Why did God allow nine people to get in a helicopter, go through fog, and crash into a mountain? Why did God allow three 13-year-old girls who seemed like they had so much life ahead of them to die suddenly and tragically? 
Why did God allow one of our heroes who seemed to be finding another level of life, connecting with his family, having such peace, to go? Why did God allow this lovely young lady who's the mother of three and a wife of one, Christine Mauser, to leave this earth and all of a sudden her husband has to raise three children on their own? Why did God allow Sarah and Peyton and all of these people to die? Why did God allow Eric to die such tragically? People are asking these questions, and they're asking of God. Well, in my years of experience as a minister, as a chaplain, as a counselor, I'm not going to say I have all the answers but these are a couple things I just want to share with us that we can think about in the midst of this. The first thing is this. We as human beings live in a flawed world. We live in a flawed world. What do I mean by that? It's imperfect. Human beings, no matter what we do, we make mistakes. We build structures, they come down. We set up safety measures, sometimes they fail. We put people on life support systems, they don't always sustain life. I could think of millions of things that we try to do, but because we live in a flawed world, things happen. Hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, all of these things happen because we live in an imperfect and a flawed world which means we can do our best to live in this world and do our best to love others and so on and so forth. But in a flawed world, will inherently have some tragedy in it. The second piece that I'd like to share with this, why would God allow this, is that life and death are just part of a natural cycle of things on this earth. Life and death are part of a natural cycle of things upon this earth. Trees are planted in the ground. They grow. They die. Birds are birthed. They're hatched. They come out. They fly in the air. They die. Human beings are born. We live. We die. In my experience as a minister and as a chaplain, as a counselor, I have seen people still born out the womb some who've lived a few hours, some who should be pronounced dead in the hospital, stayed, stayed alive and are living. I've seen others who are in perfect health when they drop dead suddenly. There really is no way to explain that other than that death and life are part of this natural cycle of the earth. And I like to say as a spiritual person, as a pastoral counselor, and from what I've seen, I like to think that that appointed time for all of us is determined ultimately by God and maybe a little bit by us. And I say that based on my experiences. I have seen people shot in the head, should be dead. They survive. So I say that to say this, that death and life are part of a natural cycle of things. 
and we all eventually face it. We just don't know when our time is. In America, we think we all should live to 75 or 80 or 90 or 100, but that isn't always the case. And especially when people die younger than we expect, we have a hard time dealing with it. It works that way for all of us. So I'd also like to get to the final question on things that I've heard concerning this. And that question is, how do I cope with this tragedy? How do I cope with this very tragic event? The first thing I want to say is this. Allow space for grieving. Allow space for grieving. Whether that's crying, whether that's mourning, whether that's anger, whether that's silence, whatever it is, allow sadness, allow space for grieving. One of the things that I think we fail to do in our culture is that we fail to acknowledge that death hurts. It hurts especially because when we are attached to someone, we lose that connection, and especially if it happens suddenly, it hurts. But I've seen so often in our culture, and I've seen this working in corporate America and different things, your mother dies. Okay, your mother's died. We're so sorry for you. We're going to give you two days of bereavement. You got to be back. So if your mother dies, if your spouse dies, and you have to be back to work in two days, what do you think the culture says about the rest of us? I was so proud when the NBA decided that the Lakers and the Clippers shouldn't play their game yesterday. One, because I thought it was a departure from the norm of the culture. Two, they recognized that a whole organization the Lakers, are grieving because they have been connected with Kobe for over 20-plus years. They have literally watched him grow from a young teenage boy into a man. They watched him grow from a single man to a married man. They watched him grow into a father. And they also knew Gianna. I was so glad that they acknowledged that, that they put the business interest and the money aside so that people could begin to take care of themselves. Because we don't do enough of that in our culture. We are not allowed to grieve. So the first thing I would say for all of us is this. Allow space for grieving. The second thing in coping with this tra tragedy is find others with whom to mourn together. Find others with whom to mourn together. I have a friend. It's interesting. This friend, she actually had texted me while I was on the road and let me know about the accident. I came home, turned on the TV and saw the news like so many of you called her on the phone because she is one of my members of Laker fandom. And we sat on the phone for three hours. Now, we didn't talk all the time, but we sat on the phone. Because that allowed us to 
deal with the shock of this event and to grieve together. And for me, as a Laker fan, it was important for me to find somebody who was a Laker fan to grieve with them together. Because I was like, everybody understands, but Laker fans understand another level. That's why you saw all those people gathering out by the Staples Center. And I'm so glad that they made space for them to grieve at the Staples Center, even while the while the Grammys were going on, because people needed to grieve together as a community. What would happen if we allowed ourselves as a community to grieve the loss of a loved one, period? Think about how powerful that would be. Nobody has to be the quote-unquote strong one but we grieve and support one another together. I was reading something in LA Times and I think it was one of the children of Christina Mauser. She said one of the things her family did, or the husband said this, one of the things their family did was they started watching the events unfold later that evening as people were mourning the life of Kobe Bryant. And it's interesting because the child said this. I don't, don't have the name on me, so forgive me for that. The child said this. I felt like I was able to mourn my mom together with a community of people. There's power in that. Having a community to grieve together. Number three, establish some type of ritual of remembrance. How do I cope with this tragedy? Establish some type of ritual of remembrance. One of the things I think about as a minister is that it's important to have a funeral. A funeral allows people to say goodbye. It allows people to have this ritual where they remember how a person has impacted their lives. This ritual allows us to begin to handle the grieving process. Rituals are powerful because they help us in so many ways. And our life is filled with rituals, weddings, marriage, christening at birth, different things, so on and so forth. But establishing a ritual of remembrance, whatever that may be to you, can help in the grieving process. I've seen people posting things on Facebook. I've seen people putting on Kobe jerseys. I've seen people getting in message groups and just talking to one another. Whatever that ritual is, Ball players, NBA players changing their numbers from number eight to 88 or different things like that. People riding on their shoes, different things like that. Whatever it can, you're establishing a ritual of remembrance that helps you to honor or helps us to honor the person and how they've impacted our lives. And then finally, I'd say number four in this, and how do I cope with this tragedy? Learn from the lessons of their lives. Learn from the lessons of their times. There's this hashtag going around right now. Hashtag girl dad. Hashtag girl dad. And it came from an interview 
where Kobe talked about how proud he was to be a father of daughters. And so someone has gotten a hold of this, and they're doing hashtag girl dads, and so girl dad, and so you're seeing pictures of fathers with their daughters under that hashtag, expressing how glad they are to be fathers of daughters. Think about how empowering that can be. Empowering for people to be fathers, empowering for daughters to have fathers who respect them. Think about how empowering that is. I'm using that as an example because there's so many lessons we can learn from the lives of those who have passed. And so learn from the lessons, apply them to our lives to help us become better people. So I just want to share with a few minutes today from this talk about mourning our celebrities. I wanted to talk about that. Again, I ask, even as we close this thought, please pray for the Bryant family, for the Altabelli family, for the Mauser family, for the Zobian family, and for the Chester family as they deal with the passing of their loved ones. Pray for their families, pray for their communities of support, pray for the Mamba basketball team because they lost three team members. And so having to deal with tragedy at this very young age is often very difficult. I hope it helps all of us. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, please chime in on Facebook or please chime in Email me, Faith and Family Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope that the show has been a blessing to you. If you would like more information on personal counseling, couples counseling, adoptive family counseling, or other products and services, please go to ffeonline.org. For questions about the show, please email us at faithandfamilymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 